What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome into another edition of Near Falls with D Hall, a wrestling podcast. I want to set the stage up for this interview a little bit differently than what I normally do. Um, right off the bat, this one was super important for me. Um, you know, I have a lot of family ties in the Freedom Area School District, and uh, you know, a lot of aunts and a lot of uncles and a lot of cousins that live out there. So this one uh, in particular uh, was very important. Um, my uh, late grandfather that passed away about a year and a half ago, um, Bob Miron, who was pretty much Mr. Freedom, um, has an award named after him for the Little Bulldogs, uh, took such pride in the school and really loved everything about the school. And um, he really, really talks so highly about Covert, uh, Jim Covert, that is. And, uh, you know, this one's... This one's pretty big for me. So, you know, I hope you guys enjoy this show as much as I, I enjoyed uh, recording with uh, Coach here. And um, thank you guys out there for listening each and every week. Um, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really enjoying putting out content for you guys. And the feedback that I'm getting is very good. So as long as you guys keep liking it, I'll keep putting it out there for you guys. With that being said, let's get to the meat of the show. Enjoy it, guys. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into Near Falls with D. Hall, a wrestling podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Near Falls with D. Hall. He's talking on bars and how they win it all. Yeah, it's Near Falls with D. Hall. The final takedown, the glory or the fall. So loosen up. Step on in, wrestle with the need to win. We're talking near falls with D Hall. Ready or not, he's here to brawl. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Near Falls with D Hall, a wrestling podcast. Today, the featured guest is none other than Coach Covert from Freedom Area High School. Before we get into Coach Covert's accolades and accomplishments, I want to talk to you guys about a couple of things that I have going on. Uh, first things first, right off the bat, uh, I talk about this with every episode that I've had on recently. I want you guys to keep checking out the D3 Nation podcast with Anthony and Gennaro Bonaventure. Uh, they're doing great things over there on the D3 uh, circuit. Um, those guys are very knowledgeable. You, If you want to learn a lot about D3 wrestling, that's the place to do it. Um, just check out those guys. It's really informative. Second thing I have for you guys, for all you that are listening out there, I have some new merch that I just got out. Uh, I have some hats. I have them in red, gray, and black. Very cool, very high-quality Nike strap hats, really good stuff. Um, I'm going to be on the lookout. I'm going to have some shirts here once wrestling season comes back around, um, hopefully whenever that time comes. And then uh, the last thing I have is for all you fancy football fans out there, I recently just started uh, – being a permanent guest show um, for fantasy football. It's called Fantasy 1.01. It's with Jake Rip, And uh, we've, been, we've been talking all things fantasy football, trying to get you guys ready for draft season. So very, very good stuff there. Um, you know, we, we, we know the sport very well. been doing it for a long time. Uh, not the sport, but the uh, actual fantasy stuff. So with that being said, I'm going to, uh, you know, kind of set the stage up for Coach Covert here. Um, so a couple of accomplishments for coach. Uh, he was a, he's a, this is going into his 15th year at Freedom Area High School. Um, at 15 years uh, there, he's, his 
made the playoffs nine years, seventh year in a row last year. Um, he placed third. He placed second place to the Whippeals teams uh, three years in a row. Um, state three times state qualifiers a team, uh, always in highly contention and double A, uh, three time section champ. He has uh, coached eleven individual individual Whippeals champions uh, and twelve state. Uh, individual place winners. And then he was also selected as a very prestigious honors, the 2016 Whippeal Coach of the Year. Um, and as of now, uh, he has over 100 wins uh, as a team for, for uh, his coaching career. So just sit back and relax and enjoy this story, guys. I know that, uh, you know, those of you that know me out there, that I'm very close to the Freedom Area School District. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of family out there. So this is a really important one for me. And uh, I think it means a lot to me to get this story out there uh, to get you guys plugged in on, on this program uh, with coach here. And, you know, he's been doing it for a long time and, you know, they're very, very consistent and they're always uh, looking to just keep improving. With that being said, I'm going to welcome in uh, coach covered. Hey coach, how you doing? Welcome in. Good. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing real good. Um, super excited to have you in, uh, you know, well, thanks for I having me. Yeah, Appreciate man. When I, yeah, for sure. So when I first started doing this, you know, obviously, you know, for those of you listening out there, my cousin wrestled just right off the bat, my cousin wrestled for Coach Covert here. And, uh, you know, he's speaks fairly highly of him and, and, you know, looks up to Coach as one of his mentors. Um, so naturally, he was one of the people that I had on my list when I decided to do this whole thing. So um, with that all being said, you know, we're going to kind of start the show how we always start the show um, here on Near Falls with D-Hall. You know, obviously you've been a coach for a long time, but before you were a coach, you know, you, you, you wrestled yourself. So talk to me about your early years in wrestling, how you got the start, um, you know, uh, how that all became, because I think that's a good set, good way to set the stage as we get into your coaching career. Definitely. Uh, I think I got the start like a lot of other wrestlers got the start. It was like a family thing. Uh, my dad wrestled. Uh, my uncle was a pretty successful uh, wrestler. Um, so it was this first sport I ever was allowed to do and I ever did. So I guess it came pretty natural, you know what I mean? Being in the covert family, uh, right? you know, it was football and wrestling and, and I wasn't allowed to play football until I was in eighth grade. It was my dad's rules, but I was allowed to wrestle. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> first and second. So, uh, you know, that's how I got started. Okay. And, you know, for those of you listening out there, uh, is it your uncle or your father that is Jimbo? My uncle's Jimbo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a, you know, legendary football player, uh, yeah. you know, offensive tackle. So obviously the covert name is uh, very prestigious, especially not, you know, not only just in freedom, but in the, in Beaver County. So, you know, you kind of got your start, you know, as your dad finally let you get on the mat and do something. Sure. What was it like uh, kind of stepping into the wrestling room? Was it a type of thing where you enjoyed it right off the bat and you, and you fell in love with it? Or did you really have to, like, find some, uh, find some positives out of it before you really, really got hooked? So, you know, I had to – it was different for me. Uh, you know, I always wanted my dad's approval. You know, it was a big deal for me. Yeah. Uh, his father, the way he did things was very militant and, you know, worked. My uncle's, you know, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame. He's getting yep. inducted here and it worked for them. And, you know, it worked for them. And, you know, it was rough. You know, I'd go to wrestling practice 
and we'd come home and, you know, we drill moves. I'd go to a wrestling tournament, first year tournament after the tournament, you know, my dad would have the living room. He'd take all the furniture out and we'd drill moves and we'd drill moves for hours before tournaments. We'd drill moves. And if I didn't get it right, he'd let me hear about it. So, you know, I didn't respond at a young age to that kind of thing. And, and he was upset a lot at me, you know, as a lot of dads do, you know, and uh, so I only lasted uh, two years at, at the youth level because, you know, it, for me, it was very stressful. You know, uh, you know, if I didn't do well, my father was upset. And at the end of the day, he wanted what was best for me, for me, but it wasn't my style, you know, that kind of on me constantly. Uh, so I ended up going back when I was in eighth grade and the deal was, I told him, if I go back to wrestling, you're not allowed to ever come to one of my wrestling matches. <laughs> wow. 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 That's a different story than what I've heard before. You know, most guys yeah. are like, Hey, you can come just shut the hell up and sit in the corner, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I let him back. I started doing really well my junior year and, and he, he came back and he was real supportive and he never yelled like okay. that ever he's actually apologized many times but it was his way i understood what he was doing you know i understand now but it wasn't my way you know and, right. and it worked out <laughs> so you know you're talking uh through your, your um you know and that's a good way to even set up what we're going to get into later with your coaching um because that may have found your way hey i don't want to be what my dad was um you know but uh, so moving forward towards your high school career um, what was it that obviously you've been doing, you've been part of this sport for, you know, over 25 years at this point, right? What yeah. was it that hooked you and said, damn, I love this sport. I love everything about it. I love the grind. I love whatever it is, but what, you know, some guys have a particular match. Some guys have, um, a moment at the, in the yeah. practice room where they take down a guy that they've been struggling against since they've been 10 years old. Uh, what was that moment or situation, if you can talk me up on that? You know, that's 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 beautiful. You say that because that's that's me in a nutshell. You know, I'm thinking that you're you're saying that moment. I was a junior, and up until then, I was just going through the motions. You know, I I never missed a practice, but I never believed in myself, and I you know I wasn't the best on my team by far, and. Uh, it was a, I was a junior and we were at the Mac tournament actually. And, uh, this kid, he was a really, he was from, I can tell you who it was from Montour, uh, forget his name. He ended up winning the tournament, but throughout the match, he was winning like five, nothing. And he got up off of me and, he, and, you know, like wrestlers do dominating style, we went out of bounds and he put his hand on, on my temple and he put his other hand on my ribs and shoved off me to get off of me. And something just clicked then. I don't know what it was. And it just clicked there. Like, I'm not going to let another man oppose his will on me ever again. And then I turned back. I ended up losing by like two points. We wrestled him a, uh, a week later in a duel. And I actually got two penalty points on me <laughs> for unnecessary roughness. But I ended up beating him. And uh, I ended up rattling off like 10 wins in a row. I had a, a losing record and I ended up having a winning record. And then the next year I was the best on my team. 
uh, way over 20 wins. And, you know, I went to camp all year. I actually went to a club and I started loving it. I started loving the aspect of, you know, I came from a family with, you know, ultimate athletes and I never really believed that I was, you know, at that level, you know, and I had to achieve that level. You know, my dad's benching 500 pounds when he's 40 years old and, and weightlifting meets and at 220 pounds. And, you know, I have to feel I have to live up to that. And then wrestling's different, man. It's your own style. It's your own. You get into your everybody has their own ability and it's about achieving that ability. And I figured out that, you know, I was pretty good. And I could do things that, you know, someone that was more athletic or stronger than me couldn't. I could outlast them. They were never going to beat me. They were never going to beat my lungs. I never lost a match in third period. And I would definitely beat you in overtime. And I love that about wrestling. It was something that attracted me, the hard work, that hard work is going to get you to your goals no matter what. You know, even if you don't reach your goals, that hard work that you do, Man, you're never going to hear a kid say, man, I, I didn't reach my goals, but I wish I didn't work hard. But you're going to hear a kid say, man, I wish I would have worked harder to reach my goals. You'll never hear a kid say, I wish I didn't work this hard and I didn't need reach my goals. You know, that kid's satisfied. I did everything I can do and I'm satisfied uh, where I'm at, you know. So that's why I love wrestling. Man, that is so poetic. And, <laughs> you know, when I... Uh, you know, I'm talking to a couple guys around the area about you before I had you on. And obviously, you know, we know each other uh, not so much in passing. We know each other decently well. My cousin, like I said off the top, my cousin wrestled for you. And, uh, you know, uh, my whole family's from Freedom. And um, my grandfather that just recently passed away talked so highly of you um, for years and years and years. So, you know, just how you talk like that, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest that you have that type of passion. Um, but moving past that, so we're going to move, you know, you're obviously you had a, you know, successful senior season and, um, you found the love of the sport. Now, most guys, they kind of find that love, that kind of niche. And it's normally in, um, you know, eighth, ninth grade, sometimes, you know, normally in youth or whatever you found it later. Do you think the reason why you're still coaching you and you have the love and the grind is because you found it so much later and you weren't, you didn't get burned out by your dad when you were younger, or do you think it was just kind of just the way your story unfolded? I think a combination of the two, you know, I really, you know, I was a late bloomer. So I got a lot bigger when I got older. Um, and you know, I, I had, I wanted to wrestle more, you know, I was, my coach took me to West Liberty a couple of visits, you know, cause he said the same thing. He's never seen someone turn the corner as hard as I did. And he wanted me to keep going and uh, a couple of different visits there and different places like W and J and Waynesburg. And I, I had a girlfriend and I just, you know, that was my life and I was going to stay home. You know, you're getting married, right? It right. doesn't work out that way, but kids, you yeah. can't tell them that. Right. Couldn't right. tell me that either. So, you know, I stayed home and I still had a passion for it. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, you, you, you're done wrestling. Uh, before we get into your coaching, Talk to me about your last match. Did you know it was your last match? No. Um, you know, it's kind of a lot of guys, they have this symbolic end or, or, you know, every guy I've actually talked to recently, they don't have any symbolic end. It's just kind of like, boom, it's done. And then you're sitting back thinking, 
shit, it's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I'll never forget it. Uh, so uh, I've wrestled this kid throughout the year. He was actually a foreign exchange student. His name was Clemens Rothmeyer. He was from Germany. He was a uh, he was on his he was a national champion Greco Roman uh, wrestler, and uh, I had wrestled him in an off season tournament, and then I wrestled him in another tournament, and then this was our third time. I beat him once. He beat me once. Uh, so we're wrestling at sections uh, in the semifinals, and I'm in a, it was a stack section. You know, we had uh, Billy Bay was from NA. He ended up taking third that year. Uh, Clemens was really good. He ended up going to States. And uh, so we're wrestling through the match. In the first minute, I took a shot, and uh, he hit me. I wanted, I can't, I can't, I don't know what he did because he was a little different. I wasn't used to the Greco, so it was a lot of upper body. He was pulling me up and he ended up tearing uh, my collarbone. I had a third degree separation. And then I wrestled the entire way through the match and, uh, you know, suck it up. I ended up losing 3 2. And all right, so what? You know, they take top three. I win these next two. You know, I'm going on the Whippeals and, you know, trip away. At the time, they only took top three. He went to Robert Morris, and there was only 16 guys there. It wasn't like now, you know what I mean? Right, it, it right. was rough. It was, you know, Aaron Gibbs. I don't know if you remember him. He was a, he was a murderer. There was some murder. I was a 152, and they were Tough good. Way. And, uh, you know, I thought, I'm going to do it, and – that happened. My coach, uh, his name was Driscoll, uh, Ed Driscoll. And he, he looked at me and said, you're done, son. I said, I'm not done. And yeah. he said, Oh, you're done. And, <laughs> and cause they had, they looked at me the, the, on the sidelines and he goes, you're going to, you're going to go to hospital. And I said, I'm not going nowhere. So he won. I lost. <laughs> right. I went up, you know, and had an emotional moment all by myself up in the corner. I was in Shaler's gym. I'll never forget it. I, we were at sections was at Shaler and I went up there and, you know, I got emotional and it was over. Like, how did this happen like this? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it doesn't end the way you think it's going to end. Never, it never, never does. does, man. And, uh, you know, all these trials and tribulations that you have, I'm sure, you've used them as you've got into your coaching career. Um, so like that being said, uh, let's get into the main meat of our topic here. I want to get into your coaching side of things. Um, you know, Jim, you started coaching, you know, uh, you know, 16 years ago. How did that ultimately become about? Did you sit in, you know, at home one day, you're, doing whatever you're doing you're like i miss it man i need to get back in that room whatever the case may be how did uh how did you get your start so again i have to you know attribute that to my coach so ed driscoll which was you know if you know who he is he was mr quigley he ran the school we built the school he was the wrestling coach the football coach he was the baseball coach the tennis coach the anatomy teacher the vice principal the gym teacher he was everything right wow all at one time and he was still the bay. He was a D one baseball player, actually. He was oh still God. the baseball coach. And, uh, I was, uh, at, I was still going to college. I went, I actually went back to school to finish. Uh, I was walking, I can remember walking around, uh, Penn state Beaver. And, uh, he called me and said, uh, how he always talks, you know, son, <laughs> That's how he, <laughs> you answer the phone. Yes, coach. Have you ever played? 
baseball. I said, ah, three years, uh, little league. He goes, good enough for me. You want to be my coach (laughs) (laughs) for high school? You know, I'm like, coach, I played since I've been 10 years old, 11 years old. He goes, doesn't matter. I think the kids will follow you and, and you're young and I'd like you to be a part of it. I go help you out as much as I can. So, you know, we coached baseball that year and he came up to me uh, halfway through the season and said, freedom has an opening and I'm going to retire at Quigley if you'll come with me and coach with me at freedom. And I was like, my God, this guy's going to leave. And he wants me to come with him. He goes, but I want you to come with me. I'm getting older and I don't think the kids will follow me. I was 24 years old at the time. He goes, and I think they'll follow you. And he goes, I need you to make it work. And I said, coach, that's what I want to do. I don't want to coach baseball. I want to yeah. coach wrestling. You right, know what I right, mean? Right. I hate this to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. So you got your, co- you got your coaching start through baseball, which you had yeah. no idea what it was about. No. Nah. Incredible. No. Nah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it all started. And we went over there and, uh, you know, he lasted a year and he was old school, man. We had, you know, Thanksgiving practice was three hours because he thought he was helping you lose weight, you know, and (laughs) and you never miss. And it was mandatory and you never miss because of first day of rifle. And you didn't miss because of anything in a Driscoll practice. You were there no matter what. If you weren't, you weren't wrestling. There was no, he was old school, man. There was no questions asked. And, you know, he went to freedom and he didn't have all that. He was just a coach now. He didn't have all that control. He wasn't in the school all day. He wasn't the principal. You know, he couldn't come find you at class if you missed. So, you know, he, uh, kids like to hunt at freedom. And uh, the first year they all missed. Most of them, we had like three kids come to practice. He was distraught. So the second year he said, okay, I'll make it at six o'clock. Now, you know, coach never hunted because he's a wrestling coach and, they're still hunting at six, even though it just got dark, you know, they're just getting out of the woods and they're not going to make it. So half the kids ended up coming to practice and he left and he said, I can't, he left that night and said, I can't do this anymore. He goes, I'm going to write a nice letter. And I think you can. And that's how I got my start. I was 24 years old and he handed it over. Wow. 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 Okay. So that's a lot to unpack there. Um, You know, you talk about the Mac tournaments named after, you know, coach, uh, Driscoll, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about a legendary coaching figure and he obviously saw something in you, Jim, that, you know, he didn't even care about your credentials. Didn't care about what you had beside the scenes, pure and obvious. You don't know Jack about baseball, but he knew that you were a leader of men. Right. And, uh, you know, talking to a couple people around, uh, talking to Justin Waters and talking to my cousin. And they all said the same thing. And even uh, my good buddy, Aaron McKinney, anytime someone says anything about you, coach, they talk about you are a leader of young men. And, you know, I think that's a, such a high honor um, Absolutely. to bestow on someone. So, you know, you got your start uh, and you're the head coach, boom, within – one year, the year before you're coaching baseball, two years later, you're the head coach of Freedom, which Freedom, uh, what year was this whenever you took over? Oh, boy, we were one in 10 uh, the first year Driscoll took over, one in 10, or one okay. in 14, I think. It was it was a pretty bad year. Yeah, so what year was that? 
right. That was 2006. 2006. Right after it was, right after it was good. Right. So you're taking over a program that's coming out of its heyday with the likes of Kurt Brenner, Damian Rose, you know, all those studs that came through, Grant uh, McCabe, uh, mm-hmm. Hill, all those guys that were hammers for freedom for years and years, you're taking over a program that's in a rebuilding process, right? And we're oh, in 2006. Absolutely. So were you like shell-shocked whenever you're like, oh my God, I'm the guy now? Yeah, you know, I was I was really nervous, you know, and I didn't know it was an interim basis because I was so young and they Driscoll was like a legend in Beaver County. And that's why they hired him and they wanted wrestling at Freedom to be, you know, it's always the number one sport there. You know, up until the last four or five years, I'd say three years, three or four years, wrestling was it at Freedom. You know, every other sport combined maybe won seven, seven, seven games all year so you know they put a lot of emphasis so I was I was really nervous uh when I first took over I could remember telling the kids you know they were you know awestruck and and we pulled them into the locker room after school and our principal at the time was the AD he had the same you know they shared the same responsibility and uh you know I just gave him a speech and said you know I'm not going to quit on you I was afraid they were all going to quit I said I'm never going to quit on you for the rest of your life and I don't want you ever to quit on me and you know they took that speech and and you know we did good things that year so you you get into your coaching and you're you know about a year in now I want to talk about a couple different things uh you know early for a coach that takes over a program early you know you especially being at 24 years old how did you deal with like the likes of parents and kids that had problems in grades and things of that nature, because sure. those are the untold stories of wrestling that no one wants to talk about, but it's a real thing. Oh, it's real. So grades are a problem every year for me. You'd think, ah, oh, no, it is big time. Right. Um, so uh, you, you mean how young I was? Um, yeah. So when I first started, uh, you know, I was young, but, uh, uh, Zach Stroop, he was one of the, Zeke wrestled. He was an All-American at WNJ, but his right. brother, Zach, was a junior at the time that I took over the next year. And, uh, you know, he just, I had his support. He was our, you know, he ran our boosters. He was our league dad. And, you know, it kind of pulled me through. And, and you know, he kind of gave me, uh, he gave me a lot of praise and I looked up to the guy, you know, he was a leader. You could tell he demanded respect. And I looked up to him and he said, Jim, I don't know what you're worried about. These kids will go to war. They'll take a grenade for you. Trust me. And I was like, wow. So, you know, that I was blessed with that kind of parenting to, you know, pull me along as that young age, I really bonded with those parents. For sure. And, you know, another thing I want to touch on um, because you know, Freedom is such a small school, right? The, you know, I always joke with my family, there's not even a red light in the town, right? I think there's maybe one. And it, <laughs> yeah. it's that small, you know, and, and in sure. Beaver County in general, you know, you could fit probably all of Beaver County in like Butler School District, right? It's so small. Yeah. And, uh, but it's a town and it's a communities that take such pride Absolutely. in their high school athletics. And Freedom especially, uh, you know, I remember going to matches when I was a little kid, watching Damian Rose and Kurt Brenner and all these guys, and the the stands were packed with people, and they were huh. loving 
the the you know loving the kids and getting into it and it was like you know everyone in town went to the wrestling matches right everybody yeah yeah and you know you got a small town what's it like obviously you know we're going to get into it a little bit because you became very successful when you started to find your stride here in the last you know 10 years or so what's it like pulling from a pull grabbing from a pool of kids that you know how many how many uh guys does freedom graduated on a yearly basis i uh, less you know, than 100 now it's less yeah than exactly so how like, you know how did you find your form that's people that's style? not guys that's right. people not guys right <laughs> there's like 40 guys um right. how how did i find my form yeah your um, form your style without yeah. you know limited of coaching it's not like you have 50 kids in the room you're like all right well let's just kind of this is my cookie cutter way of doing things Let's fix it to this way. I imagine you got to be kind of like water. You got to kind of move and flow with whatever you, you you got. Absolutely. You have to, you know, and I am blessed. It isn't all that, you know, um, you know, freedom's had some good youth guys and I've had guys go to West A like Mike and Bryson and come back and, you know, and, and they all gel and, and they're part of my best teams I've ever had. So it isn't all that, but all me, but, um, Basically, it's just, you know, what you have. You always are going to have your studs on any team. You're always going to have your three, four, five guys, whether they're, you know, you build around those guys. You make those guys your leaders, you know, any skill level. You know, I've been blessed to have, you know, guys that are top two, top three in the state, you know, and I can build around those guys. And then earlier, I've had guys that, you know, might, might place third or second at a tournament, you know, but those are my leaders, you know, and they're, they're above 500 wrestlers and they're good athletes. And, you know, I've always, you know, built around that and never let them be bigger than the team. So it's always the team aspect. You can't let your stud be bigger than the team. You know, there, there's, I always preach this. It takes all 14 wrestlers to, you know, to contribute to win a match. It takes all 14. And not even that, if you got 18 guys in a room, which usually we only have two or three to spare, you know, to fill a lineup, guys are cutting, guys are drinking eight pounds of water, just to fill a lineup and, you know, on my team and, you know, everybody has a job. Even if you're not starting, you're coming to practice every day and you're working as hard as you can to push the starters to do good and not slack. And they're just as much a part of those championships that we've had, the section champion, the whip your runner ups, the state teams we have as anybody else's. They're just as much a part of, they come every day, they work every day, they put their head down, and, you know, that's to say something, you know, uh, there's much a part of it as anybody else. And I've always built a team like that. Nobody's more important than anybody else. And we got to do this. You know, we used to make shirts as a family. It's a family atmosphere here. You know, we got to go to war for our brothers and, and, you know, every day we got to do it. And that's how we get better. Every day we get better going to war for each other. Amen. Amen. And, um, so talking about that, you know, I, every person I have on, I talk about the brotherhood of wrestling and, you know, it's just so prevalent uh, in our sport. It's such a tough and difficult sport. You know, you almost have to be kind of crazy to want to do this for a long period of time, you know, and uh, you've seen to find that year in and year out, every team that I go watch you coach, 
you know, whether it's the worst kid on the team or the best kid on the team, there's the same level of excitement to watch the kid wrestle. And I think that's, you know, really uh, awesome to watch and awesome to see. So, you know, I'm going to get into some kind of fun stuff I want to talk about now. Sure. And for me, this is kind of where I really started to enjoy watching you, Coach. I, I want to ask you this because I think this is important, and, and I might it might be tough for you to answer. It might you know be kind of confusing. You, all your kids that I've ever talked to that you have coached, they would take a bullet for you because they love you so much. What do you attribute to that? Do you think that uh, it's because you know I talked to. You know, I talked to Trent Schulteis, and you'll take him to any practice wherever he wants to go, whenever he wants to go. I talked to my cousin, same deal. And, you know, you, you'll drive to Columbus, Ohio to coach these kids in a tournament that's not sure. sanctioned for the school or anything. Do you think sure. it's because, you know, you're willing to go to the dogfight with them and they kind of see that? Oh, that's absolutely right. You know, uh, they'll take a bullet for me, but I'll do the same for them, and they know it. You know what I mean? I'll do the same for them. You know, I truly love every wrestler that comes into my room. You know, I love them. You know, I'll tell them that, you know, before we go, you know, at the quad, at the Whitfield Final Four, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, you already know this, and I'll get emotional, you know, and they know I love them. You know, I'll get emotional with there's so many stories that I get emotional with my wrestlers, and, you know, and I love them, and I'm going to go to the war for them. And I'm, I always want to make myself available, you know. I mean, Trent will call me at least three, four times a week, you know, check up. And, you know, the, a lot of them are like that, you know. Some are more quieter than others are, you know. Michael's quieter. Your, your nephew or your cousin is quieter. But uh, it doesn't mean he ain't any different than any other, other ones, you know. Cody was more ver- vocal, you know. Chase, his brother, didn't say a word. That doesn't mean I love him any more or any less, you know. I I... I really do care for every kid that comes in that room and and you know I care for how they are how they are as wrestlers but more importantly I care about who they turn into as men when they leave that room that's so important to me and that's why I do this you know and I get I love seeing them when they're older and they're successful and you know being a part of that you know I I I feel that I'm truly blessed that I get to be a part of that you know, and just talking about that, and we'll pick on someone here in a little bit. And I, you know, I've gotten to know him pretty good over because he's becomes really good friends with my cousin Mike. But Sweezy used to be almost three hundred and some pounds. Uh, can't even see the guy anymore. He's lost so much weight. He looks so he good. Has, you know, right? He has. It's crazy. He has. Uh, but that's what you're talking pounds. about. Yeah, two hundred yeah. pounds. He's lost, man. That's what you're talking yeah. about with your guys. You yeah. know. He's become, Seeing you know, that. what he is now, you know, oh, it's amazing. Absolutely. And he came through, man. You know, a lot of people, Sweezy wouldn't give the time of day, you know, ah, Sweezy, you talk to other coaches. He's arrogant. He's this, actually, he's not arrogant at all. A lot of it is who he is. And, you know, you have to, every kid's different, you know, right. You, you can't always love the guy that does nothing wrong. Right. <laughs> right. You can't always, everybody, everybody's different and they're not bad kids. All those kids that come through that room aren't bad kids. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe they come from different situations in life and different things that they're going through. And, you know, I try to understand that and I try to empathize with each one. So, absolutely. Yeah. He's a good kid. Yeah, man. I like Swayze. Good dude. He's a oh, really yeah. good dude. Yeah. Uh, so, 
we're going to get into, uh, you know, your three runs at, at Whitfield's winning those section titles. That group of kids, I would have to uh, believe that that's probably the most special group of kids that you've ever had. Um, sure. There are uh, actually two separate groups. So we placed fourth one year. Right. So we won two in a row, fourth, and then one after that. Right, so, right. Yeah, but the same kids were in there, some of the same. Were in right, there and they kind of all overlapped and things like that. All overlapped, age. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, what was it like, uh, because you had the the guys of the likes of the Cody Kamara who's wrestling at – uh, Kent State, uh, Sweezy, who was, you know, a state place winner, uh, Bryson yeah. Miller, who ended up being a state place winner. You had these group of kids that were all, you know, and you had a young guy like Trent, uh, you know, who's obviously going on. He's going on to pit next year after his senior season. You have these guys that you're building your team around. How much fun was it to co- co- coach a group of guys like that and the Ward brothers who were both yeah. hammers and, you know, yeah. you, the list goes on and on with the families and freedom. What was it like just kind of, you know, because a lot of those kids, they were coming up through your program. They're polished sure. and ready to go right as a freshman. Sure, absolutely. Was it fun to be along, uh, oh, you know, steering was, the train for that? Absolutely, you know, and it was fun. It was fun, you know. When they were coming up, I'm like, wow, this is a group here. I'm going to have to control them, you know. I'm thinking, <laughs> ah, the leader, Cody Kamara, because he's the leader, right? Right. He is. If you know that dynamic, he's the leader. Uh, I got I to gotta control him. But he comes into that room, right? He's the leader, but he's also one of the most emotional ones of all of them. He's the one that's going to, you know, tell you he loves you. And he's the one that's going to do anything for you. And he's the one that's going to involve everybody on the team we'd always have team you know do all these uh team activities and never would he ever exclude any of the teammates and that's how come we want that's the reason we want you know because we always had those those wards and your sweet well sweezy coming up the big sweeze he was uh i think his first year he was 11 and 18 and then he wasn't very, he was 500 his sophomore year. And then he placed eighth as a junior and he was number one. And he beat the state champ his senior year. We had one loss. It was Sweezy. beat him at Bedford. Yeah. Uh, he beat the state runner up that year as well. It was a default, but he beat him. That was the other, uh, both of them. She, they both end up being state champs. Uh, but uh, he, he got better. You know, he got better because of those leaders, because of the Cody's and, you know, and he, Cody was the leader of that team. And, right. you know, it was, a, it was a joy coaching them, those guys. You know, you had Michael. They were so different. They were all so different. Um, but they let me into their life as much. I was tight with those guys inside that wrestling room and outside that wrestling room. I was super, super tight with those guys. You know, talked to them all the time about life. If something was going on, you know, that they were having a trouble with, you know, they would always call me. And, you know, I, I was blessed with that, you know. And what they don't realize is they make me be a leader and they make me be a better person. You know, they really do. That's that's the truth of the matter. I wouldn't do be half the man I am today without those guys because Amen. I feel like I have to be a better person for them. Amen. And, you know, uh, I was talking to my cousin today, t- talking about how I was going to have you on. Uh, 
two things that he wanted me to bring up that yeah. he said he had you had to talk. Not well, it wasn't like you had to bring it up, but it's something that he told me to talk about. One is what is the deal? And I've watched you do this. What yeah. is the deal with one of your kids gets a bloody nose? You are the fastest cleanup man in the business, man. You shove that thing up their nose and you're like, get back on the mat. Let's go. We'll keep wrestling. What's the deal with that, man? So, you know, you watch a lot of kids. I used to watch kids and I don't want to name names, but they were some pretty prevalent wrestlers that used to take injury time. And I would watch them win a state title, a power eight title and sit there and take injury time. And I would always think that's a desecration to the kid that's working hard. How are you going to do that to the kid that's working hard every day, that's not stopping, that's not taking a, a lap off, that's not taking a drill off, that's not taking anything off, that's getting up and do the extra. So how are you going to do that? So it's the same thing with blood time. Uh, so it all started one year. There was a kid, his name was Andrew Doak. He was like a five-time J.O. guy. Bo Bonzo was a wrestler. right? Blairsville, you remember, and and uh, he was an athlete, man, and he took seventh the year before. He was ranked two in the state. Matthews was ranked one, and uh, yeah, yeah, yep. yep. He ended up wrestling in Ed- Edinburgh, Clarion, and Edinburgh, and uh, and uh, Bo had him in the finals. He wrestled him at South Moreland before and lost. And Bo was one of those guys. He was, he was super strong. He was fast, but he wasn't the most athletic kid. And he was a hard worker. And the story around for the last two years was Doak had to have his nose cauterized, but he wouldn't do it because it was injury time and he could take a break. So Doak would take those breaks in the third period. Bo's getting close. It's tied. Both of them have a takedown. It's 3-3. Bo's getting close to a takedown. Boom the nose starts bleeding. Okay. That happened in the second. In the third, he comes to the corner and he goes, coach, he just ripped his nose plugs out. I've watched him do it when we were tying up. I said, he's doing it on purpose. And he just looked at me. I said, that should upset you, Bo, because he wasn't a very emotional. We called him a Russian. He had no emotion at all. And he put his foot on the line. He just looked and put his foot on a line. And man, that whistle blew and they went a hundred mile an hour for about 25 seconds in overtime, but Bo ended up getting the takedown and he was a regional champ. It was great. Ended up placing higher than Doak at State that year too. So it was even more good. And uh, but ever since then, the nose thing with the with the hard worker, I don't want to take time because of a bloody nose, man. Let's clean this up. I can shove that up. Some of this, uh, you gotta love some of the, some of the guys on the side, some of the medics, and some of you know, it's your trainers. They'll put it up there real soft, or they'll cut it in half. Nope. I take their forehead back. I jam that sucker in. I twist it. It's never gonna come out, and it's I can feel it twist up their nose. It goes up into that second cavity. <laughs> Watch them move. You know, I, I yeah, take a Mike ZJ, get back out there. Let's go because yeah. they work too, man. And I. I I, I pride myself on a hard practice. Let's go, man. We don't want them resting either. That's right. why. Keep that sport going. Yeah, and, and you know, my cousin was talking about. It. He always said that. He just shams. He jumps that thing right up there, and you know, back out on the mat. Let's get going. Um, and another thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't even know if you might remember this because they pro- you probably had many of practices like this. Uh, but Michael told me it was before the South Moreland tournament, his senior year. Um, which have been, you know, two or three years ago at this point. Uh, he said that you got pissed off over something. And literally the next day you guys were going to Southmoreland 
and you were like, you lost your mind and you ran them all practice long. Mm -hmm. And you were like, you think I care about South Moreland? I don't give a shit about South Moreland. <laughs> Do you remember that story? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I usually pride myself that I never swear, but when I get upset, it starts flying out of me. <laughs> right, right, right. So right. they know that I never swear. So it starts flying out of me. And yeah, yeah, they did. I cannot remember what did they do because they do something to 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 hit me. You know. I, so that's usually around Christmas time. So yeah, you know, maybe it was. You know what it was? was? I do remember what it was. I do remember. So, so, you know, Christmas time, it's, you know, we started Thanksgiving and then you got to go through Christmas break and these kids want a break and they want to stop, but we got to keep going, you know, and, and we got to keep having practice. I don't care. It's Christmas break. Okay. You get the weekends off. We'll give you Christmas Eve and Christmas day. We actually have optional Christmas Eve and Christmas day that they do practice optional. You know, Michael tell you, we run a hills at, freedom on Thanksgiving day. And they were, there was three or four of them that were late. Right. And they're my leaders that year. Mike was there and it's, it's Bryson and it's ZJ Ward coming in late and ZJ just stroll in and put his shoes on. Like nothing's wrong. Like you're five minutes late. Nothing's wrong. This is, I, I warned you this was going to happen. And then that fuse sets off in my head. Now, now, now we're all paying. One of my leaders is like, you, you want to be a leader? They're all going to pay. <laughs> so I make them all pay. We're all paying. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, but that could, you know, that uh, being, that could set the stage up for your pro season runs. You know, it sure. doesn't matter. And this grand scheme of things, does the South Moreland tournament really matter? No. <laughs> But does a Whippeo tournament matter? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and setting that tone early to push them for later on in the season so that way they know, hey, this is what coach so – this is the standards the coach lives by. Don't cross them that way because we're going to pay for it in the long run. <laughs> um, you know, I think those are a couple of things I definitely wanted to bring up. I think that's, you know, super, super cool. Uh, so I want to get your – you know, and I have everyone come in on – I have everyone talk about this when they come on to the – the show and you, I think, have a different perspective than anyone else that I've brought on so far because you have a small school that you are, uh, you know, the leader of a program in a small school. What is your thoughts on the 106 pound weight class potentially being removed, uh, you know, next year? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of good wrestlers come in come in in six. Look, Alejandro and Newell before that, both Seneca Valley guys, you know. Um, a lot of good wrestlers. Uh, Cole Matthews came in at six from Reynolds. I mean, there's a lot of good ones that start there. There's a, a lot of good kids that start there that end up at 45. Uh, Dushak wrestled one for third and fourth this year at States. He was from mm -hmm. Trinity. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a state runner up at six. You know right. what I mean? Um, I just I think know. because for you, you know, they all say because there's, you know, a lot of forfeits at 106, right? There's a lot of, it's hard to fill that weight class. But to me, you know, we're talking about a sport. We're not talking about football where you got to be big and nasty. We're not talking about basketball where you got to be tall. We're not talking about baseball where you got to throw a ball 100 miles an hour or whatever the hell the case may be. We're talking about sport. All you got to do is come in and work hard and you can win 50% of your matches, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's not many sports that give the opportunity to a guy that's, five, six, five, seven, a hundred pounds, you know, that option as a high school freshman to be a part of a team like that. Absolutely. Um, but, 
But at the yeah. same time, we're talking about, you know, a small school that you are part of. And I'm sure every year you don't have a 106 pound, sure. you know, or a 103 pounder back in the day. Uh, I just, you know, to me, I, I think your take is important because I think that the masses that they're trying to talk to and trying to uh, work for is the smaller schools and the smaller divisions. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, though? They say that. And I've had trouble filling a six-pounder. ZJ Ward was a six-pound Whippeal champion for me. Um, but I've had trouble filling it all the time consistently with a good wrestler. But you know what? The past four, five years, to tell you the truth, my observation is most teams have a six-pounder. And, and a lot of the times, their six-pounder isn't just some kid off out of the halls. He's actually wrestled his whole life. Because the truth is, I have a girl. I shouldn't tell you my secrets on standby. <laughs> or I have a kid in the hall that I certified at the beginning of the year. He has to practice in so many practices. Right, 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 right. He does. <laughs> I got to uh, do. Yeah. I can't even use them. I go through lineups, and I'm like, well, they have a six. And then I'll weigh them in a lot of the times, and I'll never use them because – they have a six or their six. You're like, well, he only wrestled. He, he's really not a real six. He's, he's just, but then he ends up wrestling and it's like, well, he is real. I can't use. So, and that's only a couple times. A lot of teams, they do have six pounders. So my take is, you know, I, I don't think you should get rid of six. You know, a lot of good wrestlers. I mean, look at the college level. You're going to tell me a 125 in college isn't a six pounder as a freshman you're crazy david taylor was a six pounder as a freshman now look at him he's 180 pounds yeah you can go down the list david taylor jordan jordan oliver yeah spencer lee you know you can spencer go down lee, right yeah come on come on know, and, i mean there's so yeah. many of them there's and so many it just doesn't i think you're doing you know and for me being a part of uh, for having a platform for people to come on and talk about their story I think that's something that I've been trying to beat the drum on all every episode I've had, because I don't think it's right. And I think that, you know, if you want to get rid of one of the upper weight classes, fine. That's, I'm you know, you. that's mm -hmm. for football, you know, mm -hmm. and it's much easier. And I had Ty Nauman on. It's much easier to find. It's much easier to fill a 195 pound weight class because like you said at the top, you can have someone drink five bottles of water if they weigh yeah. 160 to get up to that yeah. 185 or 195, whatever it may be. Um, but you can't just have someone drink five bottles of water or cut their leg off to make 106, right? Sure. So, uh, you know, if they're trying to fix the the problem of forfeits, I don't think that's going to solve the issue. I really don't. I, um, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And they keep trying to take from the middle and like they took from the middle and add to the heavier guys. And those aren't those aren't your kids that have wrestled their whole life and right. stick to this sport, you know, and, 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 you know, give up football for wrestling. I hate saying that, but a lot yeah. of my wrestlers do. And I have a, you know, I'm like, I'm the devil at freedom sometimes because <laughs> the best football players don't play after their freshman year. Right. <laughs> They're like, it's your fault. It's not, I don't tell them not to play, but they realize that, it's changed, man. You have to wrestle right. year round. It's, it's changed. It's it's a whole different animal, man. It really is. It is. And uh, so let's let's talk on this topic real quick before we kind of wrap things up here. Um, and my my podcast is called Near Falls with D Hall. I've had every single person talk about the, uh, a story for me. Give me your favorite pin or near fall 
that you've been a part of either as a coach, you could do two if you want, as an athlete and then as a coach, or if you just have one that you love more than anything, uh, give me, give me, break down whatever that is in that story for me. Um, you know, I'd say, like I said, you always think these falls are coming from your studs, but I'd say the most memorable fall I had, I had to think about this. Um, so, uh, when we started our run as a good team, we wrestled South Fayette, uh, at the South side duels, right? There's 12 teams who wrestled them in the finals. And I didn't care who won because I knew that was on a Saturday. And on Monday, we're wrestling for a section championship. So Against South okay, Fayette. Against South Fayette. Okay. So we wrestle them. And what they don't know is all my guys I've preached about, they're not in the white. Jake Pell was a 32. He needed to be a 20. Uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, it, Chase Kamar was at, 20, everybody needed to come down a weight class from Cody on down, you know, right. other Cody was staying, everybody needed to come down and it was going to work. You got to listen to me, got to listen to me, got to listen to me. And they finally, Jake finally bought in. He was a guy that he wrestles at Edinburgh. Now he's a guy yep. that did not want to lose weight. He finally did it and everything worked out. So we, they're all cutting weight. We wrestle we wrestled South Fayette. I think we lost 62 to, I had two kids win, Chase Kamar and Dean Ward. 62, Cody wrestled Carr once, Mikey. first of like five five times right. you know, that year. Uh, <laughs> 62 to six, I think, and we were annihilated. So things had to happen. DJ was a head case. He lost, you know. How, right. how did you lose that match? South Fayette, they're all good, coach. They're all good. They were humming at that time. You know, they were with, they were runners yeah. off the year before. And I'm like, I can't get that out of your head. Right. So two days later, man, we come in and they think they're going to romp us, right? And we start wrestling and boom, one goes our way. Boom, another one goes our way. ZJ wrestles. He's loose, lost 6-3 to Colin Dunn, you know, uh, state qualifier thing. Yep. Or, or regional, almost a state regional blood round guy. He ends state up, qualifier one time. Yeah. No, he ends up teching him that match. Tex him. He's teching him, and then he bear hugs him so hard that ZJ does. He did a bear hug. No 106 ever did it. And he defaulted. Colin Dunn ended up defaulting, defaulting <laughs> out that. He was teching him, and he defaulted out. And two, day, two days later, it's, it's all changing. And, and they're going crazy over at South Fayette. They're slapping the mat. You could see the disbelief. And we're getting up, and one of my wrestlers that, you know, Gordon Calamas, that wasn't a strong wrestler, he didn't like wrestling that much. His mom wanted him to wrestle. And, you know, the guys always brought him in. He's wrestling. I'm like, he has to win for us to win. I think he can do it. You know, he ends up going out there. I think he gets taken down. It's back and forth, and boom, he ends up hitting him. I want to say it was a splatle. He ends up hitting him. It was a crazy, funky position he got in. He ends up getting a fall. And you knew from that fall on, it was going down. You know, the whole place erupted. I was like, it's going down. It's over. It's going down. We got, it's all going to fall in place. I was bumping Kamar away from Carr, and it's all going to fall in place. I actually forfeited the last match that I, that I could have won. 
that I've won, I won later in the playoffs, I forfeited that match because we didn't even need it. And it went down there and we ended up turning around a 50 point deficit and won a section championship that way. And that fall in the middle of that lineup was what started that. They were like, G can do it. They all called him. We all yelled in the locker room, G money. (laughs) You know, he was this kid. He was, you know, he was unassuming, you know, not the strongest kid and everybody loved him. And if he can do it, boom, it just down. You know, yeah, it was great. It was great. And that's the type of stuff that makes a team, right? That's a type, yes. type of stuff, you know, that you can't teach, you know, nope. and that, nope. that's, yeah. that's incredible stuff, man. That's, that's yeah. really, really good stuff. Uh, coach, uh, do you have anything else for me before we, you know, we start wrapping this up? No, I, you know what? I don't think so. I just, you know, I wanted to thank you for having me on, you know, telling the story and, you know, I just, I love the sport of wrestling and, you know, and, you know, thank you for, you know, doing a podcast and getting it out there for us, you know, yeah, more, man. And, more you exposure, know, the better. And, and I think that it's good because a lot of times, you know, I've had guys on and, you know, I had Tarquinio on and Justin Waters on and some of my local guys, uh, guys I've known my entire life. And I heard stories from them that I've never heard in my entire mm-hmm. life. Now, I'm sure that some of the guys that are listening to you that you've coached, they're going to take some stuff from this that they've never heard. Um, so. Sure. You know, that's my goal with all this. Um, well, with that being said, Coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and, you know, taking some time out, you know, with your busy schedule. Um, you know, uh, hopefully we'll see you in, in October, November, December, God willing, uh, with all this stuff going on. Um, but with that being said, guys, I, you know, I'm going to start winding down this episode. Uh, like I said, be sure to keep checking out uh, all the stuff I have in my archives. Justin Waters, Ron Tarquinio, uh, Ty Nauman. I just did got done with Coach Slack. He's on there. Um, and by the time this airs, there's going to be guys like Mason Beckman's going to be on here. Uh, the Bonaventure Twins from Waynesburg. Uh, so I've got a lineup of great guests. A uh, little sneak peek that's coming out for you guys. Uh, uh, when this comes out, he'll be the next guest on is uh, Brian Stout, who was a four-time All-American at Clarion. His kids wrestled for Mount Lebanon. Um, all of them were ranked in the nation going into college. Uh, Max still in high school. Luke's going to Princeton. Uh, his oldest, Kellen, is at Pitt. So be on the lookout for that. And like I said, guys, check out D3 Nation podcast. Check out Fantasy Football 1.01. And uh, if you guys want some hats, man, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. I'll get them out to you guys. But with all that being said, guys, thank you so much for coming on and and joining another show with us. And uh, that's all I have for you guys on Near Falls with D-Hall, a wrestling podcast. Night, guys.